Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. This is the show where conversations save lives. It's HopeNet Radio. Be part of the HopeNet Radio tweet back right now on Twitter. Jump on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTV. Just like that. <laughs> you can email your story as well to hope at hopenet360.com if you have something you'd like to add to the conversation. And uh, we've got a full studio tonight, so we're excited that you've joined us here on the show. Remember, anytime during the show or during the week, if you're going through something, there are live coaches available to chat at hopenet360.com. They're there to connect with you about anything going on in your life. And tonight we're going to talk about some heavier things, some heavier topics. And so I do want to give the warning to parents, too, tonight, that if you are listening if you're listening live with us, we're going to talk a little bit about purity, actually a lot about purity, and what it means to have right relationships, proper relationships in the context of what Scripture has to say. We're also going to talk about what the world says is a solution or are solutions for our young people. So maybe you're not ready to talk about sexual purity yet. This might be the good time to revisit the show. We do podcast every single show at HopeNet360.com. You can go back and listen for yourself and then talk to your teenager about things that we're talking about tonight. You can introduce the them to the topic at hand as well later. So if this isn't the right time for you to listen, that's okay. Tonight on the show, DW, Jeff, Jason, Tara, your hosts, and we have two awesome guys in studio, teens from NEW Lutheran High School, Noah and Jacob. They're here on the show. Guys, I want to welcome you all to the show. It's great to be here. DW, Jason, Tara, how are you guys doing? Awesome. Yeah, things are going really good. Couldn't be better, Jeff. Could not be better. Good. Are you guys ready for a good show tonight? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I think it'll be Let's really good. Let's get it out, then. Let's, Let's talk about it. Hit a run, I'm 58 years old. All right, we'll give you we'll give you more of a colloquialism. Let's get her done. No. <laughs> Is that bad too? Yes. Yeah. No, We're just gonna have to bleep Dave out. <laughs> if you're gonna be stealing the whole English language from us, we won't have a discussion. <laughs> That's very true. We got these guys with us as our teen panel. It's like this world just bombards young people with messages about what sex is really about, what it's really intended for, and what's proper, what's right. And I think there's a lot of confusion today about what dating relationships are supposed to look like among teens, among young adults, what is acceptable in our society when it comes to uh, sexual intimacy. And we see a whole lot of, just like everything else, we see a lot of mixed messages. Do you guys find that still true today as you're looking on your world? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like for me, if we got in a relationship with a girl in my school or something, it's like we're not reaching the full capacity of our relationship if we're not uh, having sex or if we're not uh, touching each other or if there's stuff like that. So is there kind of like a certain pattern, like there's a certain expectation for a relationship, like this is just how it goes. I know I kind of felt like that when I was in high school and even now, like it's just kind of this pattern, like these are the steps in that you kind of progress through in a relationship. And if you're not progressing through those steps, then 
what kind of a relationship is it in a way? I think that's maybe a common understanding among single people. Would you guys agree? I would agree with that. Um, for our school, if you date someone from a Lutheran school, like our school is, people expect you to be good. Like you're not going to mess up, but obviously you're going to mess up because the world is sinful. So did you guys, we were talking a little bit beforehand. It was kind of interesting. Some of the stuff that um, we were talking about just being at a Christian school. I, I went to a public school. Would you say that the idea that, in your opinion, would be idea of sexuality and sexual purity is similar to what kids in a public school would believe? Or do you think that it's different because it is a Christian school? Oh, well, I believe it's very different. Um, at a public school, it's almost encouraged. And after you, like, you, fall, you, you fall into sin, um, you're kind of satisfied. And uh, for me as a Christian, that satisfaction, it's, uh, it's not uh, long-lasting at all. There's only one way that I can be satisfied. Well, and there's a lot of different definitions of what normal is. And it's not just a Christian school versus public school thing. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Christian guy. I went to public school for most of my life. And I still made the stance that I wasn't going to have a sexual intimacy before marriage. I mean, that was just – I made that decision. And I had a chance to speak at Fields of Faith a couple of weeks ago. And, and part of just talking in front of the group was really about how I decided to be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego – and decide to just take God at his word and trust him, even though it was hard, even though it seemed like, you know, not that I was going to go into a fiery furnace, but was I going to bow down and worship the, the trends of this world and the things that, you know, people wanted you to, to do and to be a part of? But there were still the temptations. And I think even though you guys go to a Christian school, you probably still face those same temptations. Absolutely. I think um, one of the other articles that I was researching when I was researching this topic came up. It was an article in Charisma magazine. And it kind of was, it gave a statistic that was talking about just what we were just saying before about how the the Christian viewpoint, we would think, well, from a Christian perspective, the viewpoint on sexual purity should be different than what the world says. But they actually did, um, Charisma Magazine did a survey of ChristianMingle.com is an online website, dating website. And they found that between, um, they polled people between the ages of 18 and 49 or 59, I believe, and they found that 63% of those people who were church-going believers um, believe that it was okay to have sex before marriage. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a good example that there's some kind of a split. The article is called Sexual Atheism. So yeah, it was kind of this idea that there's a split between Christians believe that there's a difference between, well, God doesn't have things to say about sexuality. Here's They compartmentalize it. Here's church, and then here's what... This is what I go- believe. D.W. Jason, do you guys see the same thing where young people are just bombarded with a lot of different truths today? Yeah, I think something, it's something that, that young people around the world face with, you know, especially when it comes to this topic of sexual purity, because you have one hand in the media, you know, which, which does everything to say, you know, just go out there and try it. You know, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, even some of the events that have happened in the past year or so, I mean, some of the, the big you know, titles on news. I mean, you think of Miley Cyrus, you think of all these other things, and all of it has to do with sexuality and what is appropriate, what isn't appropriate. And looking at statistics, you know, all of these things that young people face, you know, are right in their face. You know, even the way that media advertises is geared towards young people. And when you look back at statistics and pornography and all these things, you know, the fastest and largest growing segment of, of age groups is the age group between 12 and 17. Um, and I think there's a reason behind it is because as a culture, it's targeting that area more because we feel like we have to try it, get out there and try it. But from a Christian perspective, you know, 
young people that are Christians are so bombarded by it that they're buying into what the world says rather than what Scripture says. And I think that's where things fall apart. Yeah, I think you said something interesting there, Jason, where, you know, I'm 29 now. I definitely don't grow as fast as a 12 to 17-year-old person does. No, you don't, except for the gray hair. <laughs> slightly balding. but yes, Slightly balding. That, you're, you're not going quite as fast. You talked about being bombarded with a bunch of different truths. The truth is that we're bombarded with a bunch of lies. Truth is, is very exclusive. And, and basically, God made us a certain way. He made us so that uh, before we were ever married, uh, that we would be pure individuals, that we wouldn't have a lot of baggage to take into marriage. And after we're married, he made us so that we would be totally dedicated to one individual the rest of our lives. Uh, and that's the way he made it, and that's the way it works best. Uh, in, in Jude 5, it says, Now I want to remind you, although you were once fully knew it, that Jesus, who saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those people who did not believe. You see, it's, it, it's one of those things to begin to believe, you know, I'm a Christian and, and God's grace will cover me and all that kind of stuff. And that's, that's true. But if you understand grace, it teaches you to deny ungodliness and worldly lust and to live soberly, righteously, and godly, as it says in Titus uh, 2, 11 through 13. And, and what's interesting is that even in the, in the book of Jude that talks about you know, false teachers and what's going to happen, it says, man, you, you need to be careful because what's happening is, is people will make fun of what they don't believe, but, but as they make fun of what they don't believe, they open a plethora, a, a, a huge amount of problems down the road that come because of the fact that there is no stability in believing something that changes. And uh, that's what's happening in our culture. We're trying to believe something, elevate our belief system to a faith system, and, and we're trying to believe something that's going to change, and therefore when it changes, it leaves us in the dust. Mm-hmm. There's something out there that doesn't change, and we can talk about that more throughout the show. Yes, we can. We're going to take a break here on the show. Keep it locked in here on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show, HopeNet Radio. So glad that you guys have joined us tonight here on the show. It is a full studio here, and you can be a part of the conversation, too. If you're on Twitter, you can use the hashtag HNRTV. It's the HopeNet Radio tweetback going on right now. Share your thoughts as we're talking about things that the world believes and things that sometimes it seems like we're set to believe about what sexual purity is all about and what's right and what is normal. What's normal for a couple today? What do you guys think as teenagers? What does the world tell you is normal in a dating relationship? We want to know. Jump on the hashtag HNRTB right now on Twitter, or you can email us at hope at hopenet360.com. Don't forget, live coaches are available right now at hopenet360.com as well. So you can chat with the live coach. They're there to talk with you. Maybe you've made some mistakes in your past. Maybe you're grappling with the guilt of that right now, and you just feel like the whole world is just imploding around you because you've made some choices that have affected the rest of your life. And we want you to know, number one on the show, there is no condemnation, that you guys are here. You're listening to the show. You're a part of it because... Because you just want answers for everyday life. And this world is giving you answers that are just a load of junk. It's just a load of garbage. And we want to help you decipher through those things. So DW, Jason, Jeff, Tara Kay, your hosts tonight. We have Noah and Jacob sitting in the studio as our team panel. And we're glad that you guys have joined us here on the show. Guys, before we went to the break, we were talking about sexual purity. And this world tells you a whole lot of lies. Dave, I incorrectly had said that this world 
gives you a lot of truths. And so you get to pick and choose what truth is. And you made a great point that it's really not truth. It's just a bunch of lies. And you have to actually have a standard of truth and go back to that. Guys, how have you applied scripture when it comes to dating and relationships? What do you guys think? Um, I found like the most successful relationships or uh, the times in a relationship when I mean, we're connecting the best is when we make it a point to pray with each other or to read the Bible or go to youth group together. Uh, I, I know like just Wednesday nights, it's the easiest thing just to go to youth group for an hour and a half. And uh, if you are there with like someone you're in a relationship with, uh, it really helps build that relationship. And I mean, any relationships should be centered on Christ. And as a Christian, uh, that's that's the best way to do it. I want to encourage you to think about something here. Uh, you, what's really interesting is when you, you just begin to think about how God made us. And when Jesus was asked, you know, what was Christianity, what was it about? He answered, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Hmm. What, what's really interesting to me is if I just apply that truth, those two truths, and when I was young, if I applied them dating, and, and I'm so old I can't remember that time period in life, but uh, it, it, I can apply it in, right now to my wife, and I can apply it um, as the many young people come to me and talk, because here's what they have to do. Here's what anyone has to do to be successful is to, first and foremost, spend time with God. Spend time with him. Get to know him. Love him. And the Bible makes that clear. Obey him. If God says something, he says it because he loves us and he wants it to work well. But the second part is equally important because as you love God, you then begin to love people. And that means when you look for a guy, for the guys that are in the studio, when you look at a young lady, your brain should be going like this. What do I need to do? to make this girl the best young woman she could be. What, what do I need to do to do that? And you know what? You should look right into her eyes. You get in the, the practice of looking into her eyes and, and nowhere else. You lock into those eyes. And you say, what do I need to do to make this person successful in life? I have found that those who struggle with pornography, those who struggle with sexual addictions of, of sorts, what, what they really are is they're willing to use somebody for their own pleasure. And, and they need to admit that. And they need to be able to say, you know what, I, I am willing to use somebody and hurt somebody so that I can enjoy life. And, and once you admit that, you can come to God and say, God, that's, that's not right. This is, and, and you confess that to God, confess that to a mentor that you're working with. And, and you know what, the grip starts to let go because of the fact that you're talking about truth yeah. and reality here. Um, I think one of the most important things a young man can do today is, is, is obviously discipline their mind where they're not going places they shouldn't go and don't put the fuel on the fire of, uh, of, of lust because it's going to be there anyway and you, you don't want pornography on that kind of thing. But get in the habit of looking at, at young ladies and looking at them in their eyes and pray right before you even talk to them about anything yourself and just say, God, help me make this young lady's life the best it can possibly be. Let them see you and me. And, and you know what? If you really mean that and you do that, it's going to be hard to do something you shouldn't do. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really interesting today. And this isn't new. Nothing that we're talking about on this show is new tonight. I mean, the same struggles that you guys are faced with, most guys, by the time they graduate high school, will have seen a pornographic image. Guys are wired in, in ways that girls aren't. Guys are, are wired where we're very visual. It's interesting. I just saw something, on, I think it was on Facebook or something recently, about how guys, when they see a girl in a bikini, that's like, that's attractive for them. And girls, when they see a guy fully dressed in a suit, that's attractive. Tara's just like, yeah. <laughs> Clay Matthews. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> I really agree with um, what Dave said about willing to use somebody else 
to get what they want. Because a lot of people think about the term human trafficking and they think, well, this is it is a it's a criminal industry. It's becoming the second largest criminal industry in the world. And a term that we use synonymously with trafficking is actually sexual exploitation. And I think that if we use that term, that could mean a broad spectrum of things. We often compartmentalize human trafficking and we think, well, this system of um, forcing someone into prostitution, which it is, but it's actually quite a bit more than that. And when we're talking about porn, um, a lot of people think that's a separate thing, but actually pornography is a form of human trafficking because you are exploiting that person by even looking at it. And people in pornography, and actually a lot of the girls that I work with, have said that pornography is actually the most damaging and it is the most hurtful form of prostitution in a way because those images can never be removed. Those always exist and they don't have to use protection. It is the most damaging for a girl that has been even recruited into this. So sometimes even people that you see in porn films, you think, oh, they wanted to be there. They could have been manipulated into it, and maybe they're portraying themselves as if they want to be there, but that is usually a way that people actually start getting involved in trafficking is that lure of, well, you can be on film, you can be a star in this film, but every time a person views that, you might somebody viewing porn might not think, oh, well, I, I'm not a John, I'm not a customer, I don't participate in human trafficking, but you don't know what you're looking at. Yeah, and I, I think what we end up losing is the person and the dignity Sex is never intended on being something that uh, removes a person's dignity. Instead, it's supposed to bring two people together in a union before God, and yet people lose their dignity. And we lose the fact that someone in in that, if you want to call it an industry, I, I really don't like to legitimize it as that. It's someone that is your sister. You don't look at these people as a brother or a sister or a friend or an uncle or a mother or a father. It's like these are... These are objectified, you know, mm-hmm. almost like statues, moving statues. Right. Like they're, they're not a, like it's not a real person. Like it's a painting or a picture of someone, but you don't know that person. So it doesn't really matter. Like we we can rationalize that away in our mind. Well, I don't know this person. So therefore, she doesn't know that I'm objectifying her. And so it somehow makes it OK. And we rationalize that away because I would think a lot of people, they don't realize that you could very well be participating in the criminal industry of human trafficking because of what you're participating in, you might not even realize it. If you ask that same person, they might say, no, I don't participate in human trafficking or I don't help fund that industry. But in a way, you never know. By viewing pornography, you never know how that person yeah. got there or what's, yeah. what's behind the scenes, look behind the surface. The bottom line is when you think about what's going on, it, it comes down to the same sins that have been happening since the beginning of time. We get so uh, consumed with ourselves that other people don't matter, and we are willing to use other people for our financial gain, for our sexual pleasure, for whatever else in this world that might bring us momentary uh, pleasure. And what we need to do, really, is start to understand how God really made us. The only time we'll ever find significance and security for sure is when we die to ourselves. It's the, the passions of the flesh, as Peter said, war against our souls. And when we just let the passions of our flesh go crazy and, and, and control us, our souls wither and die. And that, that's why we have so many dissatisfied people. The only way out of this is to honestly say the truth. I'm sinful. Confess the sin. Repent and let's go forward. And, and we can get out of it. 
tonight as you're listening. If you need to chat with a live coach about anything we've been talking about or maybe the memories that this is bringing up for you, go to HopeNet360.com. Chat with the live coach tonight. We're going to take a break here on the show. We'll be back with more here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Glad that you've joined us tonight here on the show. And if you've been listening already in the first part of the show, you've probably been surprised at some of our conversation. Maybe not surprised because you've probably heard about it before, but it's one of those topics that's not always easy to talk about. And we're talking about purity. We're talking about sexual purity. We're talking about what normal really is and how the Bible defines that. So you can join the conversation right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTB. It's the HopeNet Radio Tweetback. We would love for you to be connected to the show. You can also email us on our email at hope at hopenet360.com. We'd love for you to be connected with us tonight on the conversation. So, guys, before we went to the break, we've really been talking about one of just one part of this whole problem that our world is seeing when we talk about pornography and we talk about the abuse of sex. See, God created sex to be something that was specifically for a man and a woman in a marriage union, and the world has done everything it can to pervert everything good that God has created, because really, it it comes down to a bigger battle. It's not really us against God. There's a, a bigger battle going on. It's it's really Satan against God and how he has taken some things that God has created. What what Satan is trying to do this entire time is to take the good things that God has created and get us to believe that he has made those things to be something they were entirely not. So it's not just the sexual intimacy. It's everything else. It's this world. It's how we, you know, how we view the environment, how we view other people, just personal interactions. You know, we talked about pride a few weeks ago. And the, the problem with pride and ego is that we get to believe that we are the center of the universe and get ourselves focused on ourselves and that we're the best thing. And so we'll use and abuse people in a job setting or in a personal life setting that, you know, what we have is never good enough, and we get set on maybe being jealous or prideful and, and uh, on all these things. And you can listen back to that show on the, on the podcast if you subscribe on iTunes or on our website, HopeNet360.com. But, guys, as we've been talking on the show, we've been talking about the problem. The problem is that sex was intended as something that was supposed to be good, and this world has perverted it. And now it's grown to be something that not only that, but young people get messages all the time false messages, things that tell you this is what normal really is like. And what do you guys see as the world is telling you about a normal relationship? What is normal in a dating relationship? You talked about uh, certain temptations. What are those things among young people today that the world is trying to get them to believe? The world wants you to be normal. Um, And normal, I guess, nowadays is to have sex. That's what people are trying to push you to have. And as Christians, um, we try to stay away from it because that's what the Bible says. But obviously we... We sin because we're sinful, mm-hmm. and there's sin in the world, and we also follow the temptation, which is hard because we try to stay away from it so we can stay clean and be Christians. Yeah, I, I want to touch on what Noah said. Um, we're constantly tempted, um, and we don't want to do it, but we fall into it. Like that's exactly what Paul was talking about. You know, like this is what I don't want to do, but I keep doing it, yeah. and I keep falling back into it. And that's with any addiction, with any sin in this world. Like as Christians. It's exactly the opposite of what we want to do, and we can't figure out why we're doing it or or what what the reason is because ultimately our hope is in Jesus Christ, and that's the only place where we get this, like, satisfaction. But we keep going to, like, these other things that that give us this, like, temporary satisfaction. I just think that the world glorifies those 
those temporary satisfaction. They don't have that hope. They don't have that long term like, man, Jesus is the way to go. Um, so they they look for these other like short term things. So we fall into that, and that is the norm, unfortunately. And um, when you when you're in a world amongst like sinners and amongst people telling you to to go left instead of right, you know, <laughs> that's just and yeah. to see that it's just sad that that's become the norm. Um, throughout time, you you look back. I mean, even 30 years ago, and people now today, it's acceptable. You're looked at as weird if you don't live with your spouse before you guys are married. I want to encourage these guys to understand how normal change is. I mean, when I was younger, programs like Father Knows Best was on television and uh, Leave it to Beaver. And if you ever remember how they showed uh, the, the parents' bedrooms in those programs, they were twin beds, always made, nobody there. Yeah. I mean, it was, mm-hmm. it was one of those things. And that was the only acceptable form that they showed. But here's how normal changes, and we, we don't need to let it do that, but here's how it happens. What happens is somebody introduces something that isn't right. In fact, if you look at Jude, the 10th verse, it says, but, but the people blaspheme the things they do not understand, and they are destroyed by all that they, like unreasoning animals, understand instinctively. In other words, there are people that start to say, well, I just feel this way, and that's the justification for doing something. That's what animals do, and we were not created as animals. We were created in the image of God, so mm-hmm. we're different. And, and when we reduce ourselves to animalistic behavior, yes, you breed with all kinds of people, things, whatever. You know, I mean, things go crazy at that point. What happens is somebody comes, and we don't have an answer for them. And, and they say something like, well, I'm just this way, and you, you need to love me, and I'm just a- acting out what I feel, and I should have the right to do that. And what happens is nobody challenges them. They're quiet. Yeah. So that behavior becomes the new normal because nobody challenged it. I mean, you can see this in high schools and in businesses, whatever. Somebody does something, nobody challenges it. It becomes the new normal. But it doesn't really catch on until the last step, which is basically when they make what was true or normal deviant. Mm-hmm. So, so here's the deal now. I can stand up and say, uh, you know what, homosexuality is a sin. Or, or I can say that people should not be cheating on their wives or their husbands. And before marriage, you should be abstinent. And, and what will happen is people will look at me and say, Dave, you're evil. and you're... See, what they have to do is they have to make that deviant in order for the normal to really take on. Mm-hmm. So, so what's happening in our culture is that it is now normal for people to have sex outside of marriage, it is normal to go to movies and entertainment that, that, that abuses women and glorifies sex. It is normal because there was a great silence that took place. Yes. And now those who stand up and speak against it, like myself, are considered legalists. Or See, what they have to do is they, may, they need to make us the problem in that situation. Uh, yeah. Abortion is the same thing. You know, we're no longer talking about these little babies that are growing inside of a mom. You know, we're making the people that are against it, you know, evil people that want to hurt these women. Well, that's yeah. not true. But they can't make it normal without making what used to be normal deviant. So, yeah. so I would suggest that as you grow up in this culture, that when you see something that's not right, it doesn't work. When you see that it goes against God, that you actually say something about it. Because otherwise it slips into this normal category. And before you know it, it becomes a new normal. And we really have a tough time fighting that. Yeah, in in some ways, though, Dave, the church has lost authority to speak on these issues because there have been so many marital failings. There's been so many uh, leadership failings when it comes to uh, purity as far as oh, yeah. uh, married Christian men or women uh, in our culture, people who have been leaders and who have failed. 
And so what the world is now doing is they're pointing the finger and saying Christians preach and they shouldn't even be allowed to because they can't uphold their standard. And the reality is in a study that was done recently conducted by the Barna Group through an organization called Proven Men Ministries talks about this problem with Christian men between 18 and 30 years old uh, that 77 percent of them look at pornography at least monthly and that 32 percent admit being addicted to it. And, and uh, further down the list, too, is some of these statistics are just amazing. But it, it points out how Christians are not doing a good job at, at practicing what they're preaching. And the reality is, is the world just doesn't believe us anymore. They're saying, you know what, it's great if the Bible talks about it, but we're not going to listen to you. What authority did you have? Because the, the reality is, is we still have half of Christian marriages that end in divorce. And we're seeing parallels between the world's society, the way they set up their society, and even in, in Christianity, people who profess to be Christians are still not – they're not lining up. This isn't a legalistic perspective. It's just saying somewhere along the way we've missed the connection where the believing in Christ also then should change what we're doing in Christ. Yeah. Well, you're making the point. You and I, as people who love Jesus, we should act like we love Jesus. I've been married 34 years. I act like I'm married. I mean, I, I act like it. Yeah. And, and, and what we need to do is act like we're Christians. And when we do that, we will make mistakes. And when we do, we have to show people how to repent. Yep. I mean, we are people that should be holy, unique, different. And that's what attracts others. What the church has made a huge mistake through the years is to try and be like those who don't have the answers. And while they do that, they look just like them, and there's no reason for them to become one of us. And, and that just doesn't work because yeah. we're called to be holy because God is holy. That's different than a world without answers. In the second half of HopeNet Radio, we're going to talk about hope that there is if you've made mistakes in a dating relationship, maybe with your sexual purity, maybe something has happened to you in your past and you live with regret, you live with shame or guilt of something that was done to you. I want you to know this show is a heavy topic, but we don't have the entire scope of it yet. So keep it locked in here for the second half of HopeNet Radio. Remember, you can chat with the live coach right now about things going on in your life. Maybe you're struggling with some of those memories and you want to know what God thinks of you. Visit HopeNet360.com, chat with the live coach. Also jump on our tweet back, HNRTB is the hashtag. We'll be back with the second half of HopeNet Radio. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. It's the show where conversations save lives. Glad that you've joined us here on the show. DW, Jeff, Tara, Jason, your host on the show tonight. And we've been talking about some heavy things, talking about one of the biggest problems among young people is what this world is telling us about what sexual purity is all about, or if there's even such a thing as sexual purity, if it really matters. We're glad that you've joined us here on the show. Remember, there are live coaches standing by right now at HopeNet360.com. You can chat with one of them about whatever's going on in your life. You can also join on our Tweetback right now, HopeNet360.com slash Tweetback is where it's at, or on Twitter, HNRTB. As we've been talking tonight, it's it's really important to 
not only recognize that, yes, there's a problem, and not only that there's a problem in our world, but there's also a problem among Christians in this area of sexual purity. And we could talk about pornography, we can talk about sexual addiction, we can talk about abuse when it comes to those things, but what I want to talk about in the second half of the show is how do we grapple with messing up and living with ourselves after failure? Tara, I'd like to hear some of your thoughts. We've been talking about on this show. How do you how do you talk to a young woman who has been down that road, who has made some mistakes and now lives with that shame and that guilt? One fact of one stat that we know is common in trafficking is that for girls that have gone into a rescue home or have gotten out, people ask, why don't they just get out? People who have gone into a rescue home or recovery program, they leave and come back an average of six times. Wow. And as an advocate, that can be frustrating because it's difficult to help someone and then have them go back and help them again and have them go back. But I think that applies to this situation to anybody, not just a trafficking victim to a male or a female. And whether we're talking about porn or sexual purity is that there's not a certain number of times and you shouldn't be engaging in this type of activity because, well, you know, God's going to forgive me so I can just do whatever I want. But it's just the important to remember is that even if it is something that you have maybe gotten involved in, maybe you're not a virgin anymore, that you can go back, that you can still make decisions. Every time that you face a situation, especially for a girl, every time you face a situation with a guy, you have a decision to make and you can always make the right decision. Even if in the past you haven't made the right decision, you can always still make the right decision in the future. I think one of the things that we need to remember too, as, as we're talking about, you know, dealing with this problem, you know, so far on the show, we've talked about a lot of the, the effects of the problem, you know, whether it's pornography or, or sexual sin or that sort of stuff. And yes, I said the effects of the problem, because I think the core of the problem is the fact of we're not trusting in who God is, you know, and, and that's the result of our sin in general. You know, every time we sin, it's a lack of our trust and belief in who God is and what he promises us. And so I think oftentimes when we try to solve these problems, we get so focused on, all right, I need to stop looking at porn or I need to stop these sexual sins. And yes, those are good things, but we need to go deeper than that. You know, we need to understand what the core of the problem is. And the core of the problem is, is that we need to get to fall more in love with the God of the Bible and and his promises for us. Because the more that we can do that, the more then it'll help us to understand what we need to do in order to change our lives. You know, you look at, at new believers and, and even when we become a Christian, you know, we, we have so much zeal to change the way that we are. Why? Because of what God has done for us. Yeah. And, you know, it's not an easy road. I mean, sometimes, you know, whether it's a language problem, whether it's, you know, sexual sin problems, some things come easier than others. Well, this is an area where it's probably difficult. And so when it comes to trying to change it, we need to not only realize, right, the problem here is that I need to trust more in God and get to know God. And so I need to spend more time in getting to know God. And once I do that, then it'll open up a door for them to, to look into my life and say, all right, I have a problem with, you know, X, Y, or Z, you know, whether it's um, pornography, whether it's, you know, sexual sin. And then it's, all right, using God's strength and what I know about God, how can I change this? And then it no longer becomes about a legalistic thing. It's, it's more than setting ourselves up for success. So if we know that we struggle in areas, it's then saying, all right, where can I put up 
guidelines in my life so that I don't face these struggles. You know, so yeah. even in relationships, you know, oftentimes we say, well, I'm not going to have sex before, before marriage because that's what the Bible says. You know, it's going back to saying, all right, the reason I don't want to have sex before marriage is because I know God's intention behind it and his heart behind it. And he really wants me to enjoy this. And so I want to enjoy it as much as he intended it to be. And so then it's setting up guidelines in our relationships so that I don't have sex before marriage. Or maybe it's going even further. You know, one of the things that I did in my life, you know, I was when I was in high school, I had a couple of, of dating relationships. And through that, I realized where, where my weaknesses was, you know, because like, like we said, you know, God has designed us for, for relationship and even for, for sensuality to enjoy those, those feelings and emotions that come along with, with sexual pleasure, you know. And so as, as I was dating, I realized, you know what, I'm pretty weak. And so I had to set up guidelines. And so I went so far to say, you know, I'm not going to really, you know, intentionally, um, romantically kiss another woman until I'm married. And a lot of people thought I was crazy for that. Um, but the reason I took that stance, and I'm not saying, you know, that's what the Bible says. I'm just saying for me, I knew my weaknesses. And the reason I had to take that step is because I knew that I wasn't strong enough in a situation to say no. And I wanted to honor God because of, of how much I loved him and what his intentions were, because I wanted to, to love the person that I was interested in, and, and that ended up being my, my, my wife now. But when I dated her, I'm like, you know what, I'm not going to kiss you, not because I don't want to, not because, you know, the Bible tells me to, because I know that if I do, it could lead to other things. And my, my wife, when we were dating, didn't understand that, and she actually got upset with me because of that. But now, in the hindsight now, now that we're married, she looks back and she's like, I totally understand. Because I see the way that you are and, and the way that, that, that you're tempted. And so when we're talking about, you know, healing and we're talking about forgiveness, you know, we need, we need to go back to that core problem. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like if somebody came to, to me and said, you know, I have a headache and asked for an aspirin. I say, that's fine. I'm, I'm sure you have a headache because your body lacks aspirin. You know, I mean, it doesn't lack aspirin. The aspirin can, can and I'm not against aspirin, but it, it's not going to fix the problem. Let's figure out why you keep getting the headache and let's solve it. And, and the problem is a lot simpler than we make it. We really are not spending time intentionally with God and loving him. And we can do that. And the other thing that we really need to do is be able to confess our sins to one another. I mean, we need to be able to have people in our lives that we can tell the truth to. Of, of things that are really going on because we don't have a secret life. When we do those two things, uh, all of a sudden, you know, I set up my life totally different because I'm married. So I have rules, if you want to call it, or regulations. I, I won't get in a car and drive with a, a woman unless my wife is with me. I, I won't spend time at all alone with another woman unless my wife is with me. Mm. Uh, it, it's just the way it is. And, and I've made an agreement to do that. Now, you know, some people laugh and that say, some of the girls say, well, you're old enough to be my grandpa. You know what I mean? Well, maybe. But the truth of the matter is I have set up guidelines, not because it tells me to set guidelines, but because I desperately love my wife. And I want to make sure that she is honored and that there is nothing in this world that would ever bring her dishonor. See, that's what drives me, not the idea that there's rules or regulations or I'll get caught. But what drives me is the relationship. And what needs to drive me in life is the relationship. If the people listening today really are disappointed with God or they're angry with God or they just think he doesn't know what he's talking about, I, I would suggest that you just don't know him yet. And the answer for you is to really spend time in the Word and get to know him. Don't just spend time in the Word saying, God, I need your blessing, but spend time in the Bible saying, I want to know you, God. And that will change your life as you get to know him and love him because he certainly loves you. Right now, if you need to chat with a live coach, there's a live coach standing by right now at HopeNet360.com. Again, yes, there is hope. You can mess up. You can make mistakes. 
And you know what? God is a God of forgiveness. He will forgive you. But you know what? That grace is not something that we can take advantage of. And God wants you to know that he has a perfect will and a perfect plan for your life and that you can trust in him tonight. So chat with the live coach if you need to know more about God and how he views you tonight. You can also join the HopeNet Radio Tweetback right now. Visit HopeNet360.com slash Tweetback. And we would love to hear from you on the show. What do you guys think? What is the world telling you about relationships in purity or lack of purity? We'd love to hear from you tonight here on the show so more with us here when we come back on hope net radio if you're going through something tonight a live coach is waiting to talk to you at hopenet360.com this is hope net radio feel free to email the show hope at hopenet360.com now back to jeff and dave Jeff, DW, Tara, Jason, your host tonight. And uh, guys, lots of questions, lots of things come up. And Tara, we're chatting in the break. I I think it's a great question. I'd love for you to ask this question because I think there are a lot of people that are right now in the tweet back wondering the same thing. So in this topic, we're talking about, I think it was before the break. um, And we often talk about, you know, if if you need to have a conversation, the, the tagline is conversation save lives to make sure that you're talking about this issue with someone, a, a safe person to talk about it with. But for the parents that are listening to this show, how does a parent, and maybe I think Dave here would probably be able to give the best answer, being a parent of adult children, how, does a, how should a parent approach this topic with their children? You know, I think, again, what, what we need to do is, is start at a younger age if we can, and if we haven't, we need to sit down with those that are a little bit older and, and say, look, I should have... Uh, you know, forgive me, I should have talked to you about some of this stuff earlier, and I want to because I love you. You know, I, I love talking to my daughters in the sense that I can tell them, look, I'm, I'm dad, I'm human, I may not know how to do this, but here's the ultimate goal. I want you to be successful. And, you know, they'll, they'll let me err on that. I mean, they'll, they'll be very gracious when I, talk, when I start that way. I don't have to come to them and say, look, I know all the answers. But, but even more than that, I, th- I think there's a couple of things to keep in mind. If my daughters were still at home and, and they were in high school, I would be getting a book called uh, What He Must Be If He Marries My Daughter. And I would sit down with them. Uh, a pastor wrote that, a black pastor wrote that, and, and basically was tired of, of some of the things he saw in his church. And he wrote a book about, man, you're going to marry my daughter. This is what you need to be like. And I have suggested several times that uh, a dad sit with his daughters, read the book chapter by chapter, and just talk about it. In other words, open the dialogue. Uh, likewise, I would do it with a son because it opens a dialogue about God's provisioning and the way God is. Um, I would also encourage men especially to realize that uh, your daughters do want to talk to you. There's nobody like their dad in a daughter's life. In fact, that's sometimes why they don't want to talk to you because it, it basically they don't want to disappoint you and they, don't want to, they want to be near you. Girls, you need to go to your dad's, um, if you're a young lady listening and you want to talk to your dad about some of these things, you need to go to him and give him permission. I mean, go to him and tell him, you know, Dad, I love you. I want to hear from you. Um, sit here and talk with me and, and take him out to dinner, you know, or something like that. You do it if, he, if he's not going to do it with you and, and make that kind of effort. The other thing, obviously, is you should be a part of a youth group somewhere or a church where people, older people than you love God. And when, when they do, you need to be able to go up to them and say, hey, you know, you've got something. I'd love to sit and talk with you about my faith. It, every young person that comes to me personally and asks me if they could just talk to me about their faith and what they're thinking, I eat that up. I will rearrange my schedule. I will do everything I can to meet with them because that is the most precious opportunity in the world. So the people are there that would meet with you. 
and, and parents, many of them would talk with you. Um, but we need to be able to sometimes get the permission to do so. Um, I really don't at my age chase people and say, you need to talk to me. I won't do that. Uh, but if they come up and talk to me and ask, I, I love to be a part of their lives. And the other thing I really have realized is that the very best thing that I can do as a parent for my, my daughters is actually love my wife and love God and, and make sure that that's public in my home, that those are two things that are obvious in my life. And, and it is, and I think that it's really affected our relationships in a very positive way. And I can say my daughters are grown, and to this day we're very good friends. We enjoy being around each other. We enjoy spending time together. It, they don't run from their dad. They don't run from their mom. And I'm very excited to be uh, able to have, you know, one daughter's over 30 and one's 29. So uh, they're not the youngest anymore, and yet they're, uh, they're totally young ladies that I'm proud of and love to be with. And we can do this. We can turn things around that, that aren't working right now. I definitely agree with that. From one of my experiences, just for, for men out there, I mean, we kind of talked about a lot of issues that men face in the beginning of the program, but I want to say from a female perspective that the opposite is true. When a young lady sees a man who is actually putting into action what a biblical example of a man should be, it changes so much. I heard a story about uh, some friends of mine that were going down and doing ministry during the World Cup in Brazil. And some of the men were kind of upset because they couldn't really interact with, they wanted to be rescuers. They wanted to be protectors of the women that were being exploited there, but they couldn't interact. They weren't allowed to. All they were allowed to do is protect the women that they were working in ministry with. They just had to keep them safe and walk beside them and treat them um, like Christian women, like, like any woman, like God told them to treat women. So for 30 days they did this and they felt like, what did we really do? We didn't rescue anybody out of trafficking. But one of the girls that was working in the red light district at the very end said, I know that you're truly Christians because I've watched every night, the men in your group, and I've observed how they treated the women in your ministry and how polite and how they open doors for them and they protect them. And so that was a bigger witness to her than even any kind of the guys didn't go in there and grab her and take her out of there and rescue her. But that meant so much to them. That was an example of Christ of truly putting into action um, what a godly Christian man should be and behave like. Yeah. And we also have to get beyond the wall that that's, that's out there that says we can't talk about this, that young people cannot talk to adults about these things, that uh, either adults are scared to talk about them or that adults will be too judgmental to talk about it or that uh, they simply adults do not want to talk about this. And we have to get past that lie because I've I fell into that belief, too, that only my friends knew what I was going through. Only my friends knew the struggles with the temptations and stuff and that my parents can't handle it or, you know, my teacher can't handle it or my, you know, my friend's dad or my friend's mom can't handle it. And the reality is, is we get it. You know, I get it. I mean, I, I'm not someone that's a parent of a teenager, but I want you to know it's okay to talk about these things. And especially to, to go back to Dave, especially what you say a lot is to find someone who loves God and who has your best interest in mind. Those are the hard people to find. But if you know someone like that, break down those lies, those walls that Satan puts in your mind that says they're not going to understand. They're not going to get it. They're mm-hmm. going to judge you. They're going to criticize you. They're going to lump more guilt and more shame on you. I mean, the reality is, yeah, we we make mistakes, but the only way that forgiveness can come in is if we actually realize our need to repent and to turn from those things that we've done and to accept then what God has done for us. And that's where an adult can come in and, and really help you to give some perspective on that and let you know maybe what they've been through. Yeah, you know, I think it's crazy. Uh, nothing has changed through all the years of history. Nothing. 
You know, to think that somebody older in your life doesn't understand, you know, lust and sexual pressures and all that kind of stuff is ludicrous. They do. And they probably remember it better than you would like them to remember it. Yeah. And, and we have to understand that and, act and quit believing that, boy, they're another generation. They just don't get it. No. Uh, Jason, you were talking about going to what, Rome or something and seeing garbage over there. And, yeah. and, and that's historical. That hasn't changed. Tell us about that. Yeah. Uh, one of the opportunities I had when I was over in Ireland is their religious education department, which is part of their high school and the course that they take. Every other year they took a trip to Rome. And so we went over there. And part of the time we went actually south of Rome to Pompeii, which is a city that was that is right next to Mount Vesuvius, which is a volcano. And back in the first century, the volcano went off and, and essentially preserved this. And so we have you know, they dug out this village that is from the first century, which is like the time that Paul walked the earth. And what was interesting to me is that a lot of the issues that we deal with today that we think is brand new was prevalent even back then. You know, you walk around the street and, and, and there was images of, of human body parts. And I'm not talking about like your arms or your legs or sort of thing, but, you know, sexual body parts that would actually point the way to a, a a prostitute house or, or a house that you go to to enjoy sexual pleasures, you know, and, and they, they had one of these preserved and it was, you walk in the room and above each door with, with frescoes, they painted what you can have done to you in the room. And it just opened up my mind to think, you know what, we're not inventing something new. This is something that Satan has been trying to use against us from the beginning of time. Why? Because it's, it's something that he knows God has created for us to enjoy. Mm-hmm. And because of that, he wants to, to skew it and, and, and mar it so yeah. bad that we take it totally out of context yeah. because he doesn't want us to enjoy it yep. the way that God intended it yeah. to be. Remember, envy is what Satan does. And envy means that I just don't want you to enjoy what you have. And, mm-hmm. and, and so that's what he does. It's like if you get a new car, I hope you crash it because I just don't want you to enjoy it. Yeah. It's not that I want the car. I don't want you to enjoy it. And that's what Satan does. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. You read the Bible. Read, read what the Apostle Paul said because he lived in the time that Jason just described. Yeah, he did. And, and he told us what to think. I mean, God knows what he's talking about. Satan, he's a liar. Don't listen to him. It was from the Garden of Eden is where it started by yep. Satan just saying, did God really say? Yep. And that filters into anything. Did God really say in terms of what we're talking about today? Did God really say you were supposed to wait for your um, spouse before um, sex? Did yep. God really say? And then it's compromise. It's just a matter of compromise. All right. We're going to take a break here on the show. There's a live coach standing by right now at HopeNet360.com. Also, jump on the tweet back. HNRTV is the hashtag. Or just go to HopeNet360.com slash tweet back. More here on the show as we wrap things up here on HopeNet Radio. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to HopeNet Radio. We're wrapping things up tonight. Jeff, DW, Tara K, and Jason are in studio. Our two teen panel guys tonight that you've been hearing, Jacob and Noah. Uh, it's been so great to have you guys just come in on the show, your first time with us, and and uh, I'm excited for where this is going and to have you guys in more on the show. And uh, I'd like to hear some of your final thoughts as we've been talking tonight. What are some things, Tara asked the great question of, of how do parents approach this? How should they open up the conversation? What do you guys think on that? I think like parents kind of come at it, and they don't attack it as, as well as they should. It's, it's a really hard topic to bring up. I think they should just wait, you know, and just let us come to them. Uh, be open instead of, like, judgmental. And when you do, like, start hinting at them, like, you know, man, I'm struggling with my faith. Like, listen to us. And, and I mean, we're busy. We have our high school sports. We have our school. We have our whatever we're dealing with. And when we come home and it's that little, like, 
like five minute, I guess, in, uh, intervention with our parents. Like, I just walk in the door and I'm heading up to my room, and they see I'm a little down. Just say, you know, what's going on? And just yeah. like asking us what's up with our life is is just a way to start. And as kids, it's really hard to go to our parents. If you're not comfortable going to your parents, like find someone else to go to. I know I've gone to like my friends' parents and uh, just just who I'm a little more comfortable talking to. And um, they've steered me in the right direction. And it's just really nice. It's encouraging to know that, okay, these guys went through the same thing that I'm going through right now. They have experience on them, and they have advice for me. And that if I do need someone to go to, that, that they're there. They're there to talk to me, and they're there to give me that encouragement and that hope that, you know, yeah, we're messing up right now, but you can get through it. And they got through it, and that's just the most encouraging thing that I can think of. Okay. For me, my father took life skills, which I'm pretty sure he took it with you, Jeff. And yeah. um, life skills is a great class because it helps you with these kind of situations. And it's easy to go to him because he, he knows how to handle these situations. He can talk to me comfortably. I can talk to him comfortably about him. And I don't feel as nervous going to him because I know he, he knows about these situations because he's a guy too. He's probably experienced them. So it's easy for me to go to him. And I absolutely love that. Jacob, just looking at if a, if your mom or dad was to come to you and just say, Jacob, is there something that we need to talk about? And, and that could be one of those kind of poignant, like, how can a parent open that conversation, do you think? Is it is it something enough where, you know, a parent just comes and asks you flat out, are you struggling with sexual purity? Or would you rather them come to you and just say, hey, is there anything that you need to talk about with me? Is there anything that you would like to talk to me that you just felt like you can't? talk to me about does that open a door yeah absolutely i think rather than just going direct to the point like man are you struggling with sexual purity it's nice if they come up to you and i mean maybe it's once a week maybe it's once every other week maybe it's a couple times a week um hey what's on your heart like what are you struggling with man and uh do you need can i pray for you in any way stuff like that um i know my dad asked me all the time dude what's on your heart and um i just really appreciate that because it it might not be sexual purity at the moment it might be you know i'm really stressed because i have this test tomorrow so to know that i have a father and i have a mother i have that support system at home that hey you know i'm struggling with a test tomorrow or it's something as big as sexual purity or drugs alcohol like any issue that's that's prevalent in my life um that's existent here uh that that's just the best way to approach it i think you know, I go back to the, the thing I say all the time. You know, God is older than you and smarter than you and loves you. You can trust him. And I think the issue really comes to instead of God being the only voice that we hear, he becomes one of the voices that we hear. And, and we need to just correct that. Parents need to and young people need to say, okay, there is a voice, but only one that really understands this completely. And we need to readjust our lives so we spend time with them and listen to that voice and love that, uh, the one that represents that. That's God. And when we do that, the fruit of it will be when we look at other people, we will not see them as someone that we have to use for our pleasure. We will see them as opportunities to show them who our Father is. And everything changes at that moment. And, and that's the relationship that Jason was talking about that we need to work on. So I, I would encourage uh, everyone that's listening, we can do this. You know, if, if you've messed up so far, uh, God is very gracious. You come and you talk to him about it. Confess. Repent. Say, you know, I was wrong. And, and start uh, really getting to know who he is and love him, and, and you'll see it changes everything about life. Yeah, and I think the really important thing to remember is that you're never too far into something to turn around. You know, I think we might have some listeners out there to be like, well, I'm just too far into this. You know, what is God going to do? You know, he, he doesn't love me that much. You know, and that's probably the biggest lie from Satan that we can ever listen to is that we're too far into something or we're too deep into something to turn around. You know, if there's one thing that, you, that you've heard us say time and time again is that God is a forgiving God, and it doesn't matter how deep you are in it. 
you know, do we want to be able to help you? So whether it's talking to a live coach, you know, or even talking to somebody that you can trust in your life, I would just encourage you to do so, you know, open up those conversations and start talking because I think that if we try to do it ourselves, oftentimes we'll talk ourselves out of it. But if we involve somebody else in our life that can help us and even talk through some of these things, you know, that's when we can open up the door and we could fall more in love with God. And, and all of a sudden the things will start changing in our lives. But that's the biggest thing is that we need to realize that we can't do this on our own and we need it to take steps to, to stop listening to those lies that Satan keeps feeding us. The whole conversation tonight has been around, you know, sexual purity. It's important to know that if those lines have been crossed tonight, that God restores purity. And, and that's important to hear because sometimes we feel like when we've blown it, especially in that area, we can't get that back. You know, we can't, we can't ever mend that. That's a line that's, you know, forever crossed. And the reality is, is that God is a God of second chances and third chances and fourth chances and fifth chances. And as long as you have breath here on earth, God has a plan for you and he wants a relationship with you. And nothing can get in the way of that if we are willing to accept his grace and what Jesus did on the cross. We accept that relationship. There's nothing that can stand in the way. That's what Romans 8 talks about. Nothing can stand in the way of God's goodness and, and his desire for relationship with us if we are in Christ. And so no matter if you're a Christian and you've messed up, you're not a Christian, you messed up, God forgives and he'll give you second chances. And now you have a, a, a point to almost start from again where you're clean, where you're able to move forward and have a healthy relationship. It might mean, though, that you may not be able to stay dating the same person because sometimes when you've crossed those lines, those are things that you can't go back on in a relationship. And we're not going to do dating advice here on this show, but I just want to encourage you that your step one tonight will be to find God's heart in that. And Tara, I'd love to hear some of your final thoughts as we're wrapping up the show. I think one of the lies we often hear too, and I know from my own personal experience that the lie that I was believed was you're the only one who's ever struggled with this. You're the only one. And it was the enemy trying to isolate me. And so I didn't want to talk to people about stuff that was going on. And I think from a parent's perspective or even someone who's mentoring, something that I've done when mentoring was shared from my own experience um, because that made the person that I was talking to more comfortable that I shared my experience first and then that made them more comfortable to share their experience as well or even use topics that are in the media. That's kind of how we come up with our topics even for the show yeah. is things that are happening with in the media or singers or actors that young people that teenagers might know. I think a lot of teenagers do want to share their opinion and maybe instead of asking personally, are you struggling with this area from a parent to a child, perhaps they could talk about it from a top, from a perspective of what's going on in the media and then use that as a launching point to maybe make their child feel more comfortable about opening up to, about more personal things in their own life. Yeah. Dave, any final thoughts, man? Love God. I mean, really, it's it's about us saying to God, you made us, you know how to make us happy. And he actually does desire us to be able to live a life that's that's abundant and, and then even look forward to the next life that he has for us where he's preparing a place for us. And that, that really, the only way to do that is to really know him and love him. And when you do that, you'll listen to him. That's lo what loving God means because it makes sense to listen to the one who knows what it's supposed to look like. 
Yep. Visit HopeNet360.com. We've posted some links in tonight's show post of topics that we've talked about and some good resources for you to check out. And especially for parents, if you want to learn more about talking to your teenager or your son or your daughter, maybe they're in middle school and we know the average age of young people who view something pornographic is right around age 11. And it might be startling, but these are just beginning points to talk about it. We want to connect with you. So if you have any questions, you want to learn more and maybe discuss more of how to do that, maybe with your teenager how to have a conversation email us at hope at hopenet360.com or jump on our website hopenet360.com as well and check out tonight's show post so for all of us here on the show for dave jason tara i'm jeff saying so long we'll see you guys online and next week bye bye bye